Just a couple of things. Psalm 136 is a, a great psalm. The more I read over it and read over it and read over it, the more I understood that I'm getting old. And what I simply mean by that is I forget things and I need to, I need to be reminded of things along the way. I keep a calendar and that works, but if you don't look at the calendar, that doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. So I need reminders. And the Psalm 136 is a great reminder that God is the Lord. He is the God of gods. He's the creator of all things. He's the deliverer. He's the one that sets us free. And this story or this psalm is going to take us from praising God, the creator, to the creation, to deliverance, to care, and then all the way back to praise again, praising the Lord. Psalms 107 through 150 are all about praising to the word of God or praising God. And we're always excited. I need to always be reminded about who's in control of things because I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to want to take control and that doesn't seem to work out very well most of the time. I have to remember that God is always in control. He is the creator of all things and he's made everything that is made. Sometimes I forget, I need to be reminded. Just a little bit of background, if you will. Some of the commentaries say it was probably written by Hezekiah after the captivity. It goes over parts of Israel's history and underlines the wisdom of worshiping the true God, the God whose mercy endures forever. That expression occurs in the chorus in every verse, and that, that is what sets it apart from all the other psalms. So when we get there, I'm going to ask you to, be, to participate in this. As the story goes, there's two choirs that sang the song, or this, this psalm. Yeah, one, one choir would sing the first line, and the second choir would come back with the, His mercy endures forever. It was an offering inspired praise to the Lord. And how many of you would agree that you can never praise the Lord too much? Never praise the Lord too much. In the rabbinical writing, Psalm 136 was designated the great Hallel, H-A-L-L-E-L. But it has no title in the Hebrew, nor any versions or author or occasion are, no, are unknown. It's little else, little else than a repetition of the preceding Psalm 135 with the adage added, for his mercy endures forever. Every verse ends with the same expression. What a beautiful expression to us today as a reminder that his mercy endures forever. The Heil is a Jewish prayer, in case you don't know, a verbatim recitation from Psalm 113 through 118, which is recited by observant Jews on Jewish holidays as an act of praise and thanksgiving. However, this Psalm 136 is called the Great Hiel. And we're going to look at it here a little bit closer. So what I'm going to do is, I don't know if I want to read the whole thing or not. It's 26 verses. Let's do it. Let's play the game. Would you stand if you're able to stand as we read the text today? So I'm going to read the first stanza and you're going to say, for his mercy endures forever. We're going to, now the New King James Version has this, the NASB, if you have that, has loving kindness. 
But just to make it easy, we have it on the screen. Give thanks to the gods for his mercy endures forever. So are you ready? Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord. He is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him alone does great wonders. To him who made the heavens with skill. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. The sun to rule by day. You're, you're weakening on me. Come on, church. <laughs> the moon and the stars rule by night. To him who smote the Egyptians and the firstborn. And brought Israel out of their midst. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who smote great kings. And slew mighty kings. Sihon, king of Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan and gave their land as a heritage, even a heritage to Israel, his servant, who remembered us in our lowest state and has rescued us from our adversaries, who gives food to all flesh, gives thanks to the God of heaven. And all of God's people said, you may be seated. You may be seated. Good job, church. Good job. Yeah, good job, church. So let's look at verse 1. We're going to look at actually verses 1 through 3 because it's going to talk about the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Verse 2, give thanks to the God of gods. And verse 3, give thanks to the Lord of lords. Here we see his mercy, his grace, his omnipresence, his power, his, all these attributes of God on display. The first three verses give threefold invitation and join the thanking God for his goodness and mercy. When we think about goodness and mercy, what does it mean to give thanks? It means to give a public acknowledgement. We're giving thanks. A lot of times, I remember we'd be out in a restaurant or something. Who's going to give thanks? Who's going to pray? Who's going to give honor to the Lord? Give thanks as a public acknowledgement. What is mercy? It's compassion and forgiveness shown towards someone who it is with, when someone's power, within someone's power to punish or harm. It may be translated a loyal love, a term to describe the character of God. His mercy is forever. Forever is eternity. Forever. And that is a part of his eternal character. By mercy, we understand that the Lord desires to save those whose sin has rendered them miserable and vile. 
I pause there because when I read some of this stuff, I get flashbacks. Free high, <laughs> no, I won't go there. Uh, see, some of you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm just kidding. But you get, you get little flashbacks of what it was like in your BC days before you came to Christ, before you understood that his mercies were new, his mercies were everlasting, they were forever, for eternity. And we think about the mercy that has been poured out on us. The Lord continues to be ready to show mercy for all who seek it. And this is the source of our hope and our comfort. So many times we turn the other way and we run the other way and we we don't want to accept his mercy. We want to deny it even sometimes. Sometimes we think that the Lord doesn't work fast enough or quick enough to, to satisfy our needs and so we want to take the reins and take control. And then we find out what happens. We generally, as a rule, fall on our face because it's only God that can can restore us and renew us. We're so vile in and of ourselves, right? Our heart is deceitfully wicked. We've read out of our, in my mother's womb, I was conceived in sin, so I come out a hellraiser, so to speak. Can I say that? Hellraiser. I said it twice. Because it's true, right? We come out running and gunning, man. We hit the floor and we're trying to tear it up. But God has mercy and grace for us. You understand that? His mercy endures forever. Even when we were running and gunning, most of us in this room should be dead and buried by now. But God's grace and his mercy has sustained you for such a day, such a time as this, to be in this place. Some of you are going, I can't even believe. Ten years ago, if I would have thought I'd be sitting in a church pew, You'd be, you'd be nuts. But God is so long-suffering, so cares for you and for me so much. Part of his attribute is to be long-suffering and to care for us and show compassion, mercy, if you will. You know, there's a little bit of a lesson in that, I think, as I was kind of processing this, is that we're quick sometimes to receive the mercy from him, but we're slow to give it out to others. Hit a chord with somebody. You know what I'm saying? We want to we bite on somebody. We want to condemn somebody. We want to call them out on the carpet. What would happen if you showed them mercy, showed them some compassion? A lot of times you have the ability to punish them or to condemn them because you may be over them in some capacity. God is over us, over everything. But yet his mercy endures forever. For all eternity. Verse 2 says, Oh, give thanks. Give thanks for the God of gods. God is a merciful God because he is God. It's his nature as God to be merciful. He is the God of forgiveness. And he's the only one who can truly forgive. He is the God of gods. He is the God of heaven, of earth. And all the gods, all other gods, small g, are either heathen or idols at best. And how many times do we pour ourselves into the small g gods and we live for them? We put them up on a pedestal. Here is the God of gods meeting 
He is God and ruler over all the rulers of the earth, whether in things sacred or civil. He is supreme. He is the ultimate authority over everything. And sometimes I got to be reminded that because I'm a knucklehead. And I don't learn very fast. I have to take nicks and bruises and scrapes and broken things because I don't listen, because I don't pay attention. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you need to pay attention to what God is doing in your life, how he is showing mercy. And maybe you need to remember to give thanks to him. He is the God of creation. He is the God over everything. He's not the little G God you put on the mantle or in your wallet or drive down the street or ride. He is the big G God. He's over everything. Look at verse 3. Give thanks again, right? This is the giving thanks part. Verse 1, to the Lord. Second, give thanks to God. And third, give thanks to the Lord of lords. He is the Lord over all. There are many little, little L lords running around. They think they're Lord over this and they're Lord over that. But he is the ultimate Lord, supreme over everything. All power in heaven and earth is his. Do me a favor, back up to 113, Psalm 113, just for one second. Ran across this when I was, just before I came out. It says this, Psalm 113, praise the Lord, praise O servants to the, to the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. You might say, this time forth and for all eternity. From the rising of the sun to the setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He makes them set with princes and the princes of his people. He makes the barren woman abide in the house of a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Suffering and sorrow, war, famine, oppression, injustice, misery, woe, inundate, inundate the planet from pole to pole, from sea to sea. But God in his mercy sets limits for all. Evil men like Stalin and Hitler and a few other that we could probably come up with on the tip of our tongue, but we won't do that at this time. Their oppression will be overthrown. Their oppression has been overthrown. And in the end, God wins. We know the end of the story. We know the beginning of the story. We know the end of the story. We know that God wins. We know that we win because we are in Christ. Amen? Amen? Make sure you're still awake. We're going to move on to verses 4 through 9. It's going to talk about creation. Let's read 4 through 9. You don't have to repeat. To him who alone does great wonders for his, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made the heavens with skill, his mercy endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, 
his mercy endures forever. To him who made the great lights, his mercy endures forever. The, rule, the sun to rule by day, his mercy endures forever. And the moon and stars rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him, to him, to him alone stands wonders, for his mercy endures forever. We have a God who does wonders. Each one of us in this room is a wonder. It's a wonder you're here tonight. <laughs> Amen. Come on, church. Yes. We have a God who does wonders. Creation is celebrated. It's an extraordinary achievement of illustrating both power and the intelligence of God. In the Old Testament term, great wonders is used exclusively for awe-inspiring actions of God. His creation and the universe is on display in his, of his wisdom. The heavens give a clear demonstration of the glory of God. All you have to do is look around to see. Turn over with me to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, 1 9, 1 9. Breaker, breaker. 1 9. Read the first six verses. Ready? If you're ready, say amen. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanses declaring the work of his hands. Verse 2, day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor other words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterance to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of the chamber. It rejoices in the strong man to run his course. It is arising from one end of the heavens, and his circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. Again, most of you know that I'm a desert rat. I love to go to the desert. I have that little two-person RV that I love to go out there. And it's, it's no wonder. I don't know if you've been out there or not. I don't, you, know, you don't have to. You can go to a mountaintop. You've got to get away from the smog and the fog and the fire. But I love to go out there, especially when it's a full moon. There's just something about being out in the middle of the desert, just you and the stars and the Lord Jesus Christ. The big full moon in the sky, which he placed perfectly. Stars scattered like this. When you look up, the, look up at the ceiling, pretend those are stars. The stars are just everywhere. And you look and the, the silhouettes of the mountains are there. And, the, and one time I was out there, the, the silhouette of the mountains and the moon started coming, it was a full moon. And as it rose up, it just got bigger and bigger, and it was huge. And, I mean, it just, it just never seemed to be bigger. I don't, it was just, it was incredible. And as it moved and it moved and it moved, it came across and it was right above me, and then down the other side. Just the glory of God. And we think about his creation. You think about all the little animals and all the little things that are going on out there. You think about, you know, you think about yourself, right? Think about your body and how your body's made. It's all creation. It's, there's a creator and the creator's him, our Lord. With great intelligence, it's really amazing how he placed the sun and the stars and all that right perfect, right? A perfect distance so we don't burn up perfect, you know, so we don't freeze. Everything is just perfectly set. Perfectly set. 
God reveals his mercy by giving you a wonderful creation to use. And you can go back to Genesis 1 when you get around to it and read the story of creation, how he spoke everything into existence. With great, with great clarity and precision, he spoke all these things so that we could enjoy them, so we could take them and enjoy the creation that he has for each and every one of us. But I got to say that sometimes I don't think we stop and look at his creation. In all fairness, we're busy. A lot of hours working, trying to run a family, trying to take care of a home and just all the different things that life generates. You know, there's an old saying, stop and smell the coffee, right? I think sometimes we just got to stop and see what the Lord is doing. We need to just like slow down just for a second, man. Just let me slow down for a second so I can take it in. I just want to take it in because you can't always take it in because you're so overloaded with junk. You know, the old saying, you get too much junk in your trunk. <laughs> but that happens, right? Sometimes we just got to stop. We got to slow down. And this, this psalm, I believe, is a perfect reminder for all of us that who he is and then the things that he's a reminder of the things that he's done, how he's continually working. He doesn't stop working. He's working even right now as we're sitting here in this place. He's working. He's working on your heart. He's working on the hearts of you guys who is ever watching online right now. He's working on you. He's, he's tapping in. He wants you to stop and take a look at for look at him for what he really is, the creator of all these things, and to give him the glory. Let's look at verse 5. To him who made the heavens with skill. That's what we're talking about, right? How he, how he put everything up just perfectly. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. He made the sun to rule by day and the, the moon and the stars to rule by night. We think of them wandering around in the wilderness. It's funny how they, they always had a path. They could always know where they were going. They could always see. It may be one foot in front of the other, but they could see what was going on. They, even though it did take them a while, a long while. To him that made, the, the, made that well, by wisdom was the heavens, and his mercy endures forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters for his mercy endures forever. He put the stars and the seas in the right place. Now, I probably would have put the seas up there and the stars down here so I could play with them. But, but he had a motive. He had, a, he had a, a reason for doing the things that he did. Perfect. Perfect in every way. I'm not a scientist or any of that stuff or a doctor or anything, but I, but I have heard and I do know that if you go too high up, you can't breathe. Same way if you go down too far. Going under the water too far, you got to have breathing apparatus. But he made it just right so that we could walk around, so that we could sit here right now in this in the sanctuary and and enjoy the, the creation here. This place was created. Somebody had to think of this in the beginning. Somebody had to put the thoughts into somebody's mind. And if you keep walking it back, it goes all the way back to the creator, the creator himself. He gave the sun and the moon their form how great they are. One is a giant reactor generating heat and light. 
with efficiency beyond anything that were ever dreamed by any one of us. The other was a great reflector to catch the light from, that was absent from the sun to throw its beams on the darkened earth. A full moon in the desert is incredible. You know, I mean, you can see everything. It's just so bright. That's another reason why I love to go out there. It's beautiful. His creation is beautiful. The set rule of the sun, moon, and the stars is another proof that God's mercy endures forever. Amen? Amen. Let's look at verses 10. Look at verse 10. To him that smote Egypt and their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And we think, smite the firstborn? That doesn't sound like mercy, does it? Well, it says, to smite the firstborn of every beast, the calf in the stall, the old mule by the mill, mercy, yes. That stroke of doom did not come until he had made known to Pharaoh in Egypt both pity and his power nine times. Nine times he had nine chances. You might say that was the cat with nine lives. <laughs> I just thought that up. Pretty cool. Huh? Hey, that cat had nine lives. Maybe that's where the saying came from. Pharaoh, the cat with nine lives. What do you think there, Captain Joe? <laughs> Professor Joe? Wow. So the question I would have to ask you is how many chances have you had? How many chances have I had? Too, too many to count. The great things God did for Israel when he brought, brought them out of Egypt were mercies which endured for a long time. How long? Forty years they wandered around. And our redemption by Christ endures forever. The all eternity. It is good to consider the history of God's favors and in each to observe that he that his mercy endures forever. He brought them out of Israel and from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. It was a strong hand of which Jesus spoke when he drew attention to salvation, much greater than that the Hebrews of the Hebrews from Egypt. In John 10, 29, it says, My Father has given them to me. He is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. That, too, was the arm that was not so short that it could not save. The, the arm that we see outstretched on the cross has the power to save. What a picture, right? The picture of the outstretched arms. And 14, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. When Pharaoh hardened his heart for the last time and harnessed his chariots of war to pursue Israel, that mighty outstretched arm was, his, was in the way. The Shekinah glory cloud came around, came around and stood between Israel and Egypt. They followed the greatest 
Then followed, then came the greatest miracle of the Exodus. Think about this, the greatest miracle of the Exodus. The waters of the Red Sea parted so that this saved people so that they might safely pass from dry land to the other side. See, we think, when we, when we look at this stuff, we think about, oh, that's, that happened in the past. He parted the Red Sea for them and got them across, and then, then, we, then we know, of course, Pharaoh came across there and, and the waters released and they wiped them all out. But what about us? In this moment, in this time, we, we have red seas of our own that we come up against. We have obstacles of our, of our own that we come up against and they need to be parted. In essence, we, we try to part them on our own or we, we try to work our way through them instead of giving them over to God and say, God, help me. I know that your mercy endures forever. Your strength, your compassion, pour it out, Lord. I can't do it on my own. In verse 15, we know that, sorry, he overthrew Pharaoh. That's when the, the Pharaoh said, you know what, I'm going through. Saddled up their horses, started across, and of course we know the water washed them out. The foolish Pharaoh thought unbelievers could do what believers could do. Let me read that again. Think about this one. The foolish Pharaoh thought that unbelievers could do what believers could do. That's interesting because sometimes I think that we think that way. I know that I do. Sometimes I wonder, well, how can a person do that? Well, because they're not a believer. They don't understand necessarily that they're doing something wrong or they just don't want to know it. So he spurred his horses and he and his regiments leapt forward. Halfway across, the chariots broke down. Hmm, sounds like my car. (laughs) Then came back the thundering waters of the sea. God had not saved Israel from Egypt in order to surrender them to their foes. What a mercy it is for mankind. Sooner or later, tyrants like Pharaoh meet their match in God. One of the things that I've learned over the years is that sometimes I want instant gratification when it comes to revenge. People chasing at me, God, just, you know, destroy them. Sometimes there's people in your past who have lorded things over you, treated you like dirt, done different things, and and yet they prosper and they continue to grow and mount great wealth or status in in the system or in the world. And so you're going, Lord, how can this be? One of, the, one of the terms I use on the golf course when I hit a good shot is that it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. <laughs> even, even a bad shot works sometimes. Verse 16, To him which led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endures forever. God's daily guidance of Israel was a great demonstration of his mercy, as was his salvation. He led them into experiences that would develop and discipline them. You hear that? He led them into 
discipline so that they could have development. Sometimes discipline is good for us. He fed them with bread from heaven and he gave them water from a rock. He gave them victory over Amalek. He led them to an oasis of rest along the way. Above all, he bore their murmurings, complaints, (laughs) and chronic unbelief. Sorry. He bore with their worldliness, with their worldliness. Verse 17, to him who smote great things for his mercy endures forever and slew famous kings for his mercy endures forever. Cylon, king of Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 20, and Og, the king of Basham, for his mercy endures forever. We perhaps would not think of smiting great kings as an act of mercy, but rather as an act of judgment. But what dreadful kings these were. They were Nephilim. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Kings. And what that simply means is they were a race of giants said to have dwelt in pre Israelite Canaan. They were angelic, they were they claimed to be sons of God, divine angelic beings, and they took mortal views. Remnants of, of these giants, products of sorcery and spiritualism, hybrid demon men such as roamed the world before the flood. And to rid the world of such wickedness was an act of mercy to all the rest of humankind. And verse 21, they gave their land for an heritage for his mercy endures forever. Even an heritage unto Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowest state, verse 23, for his mercy endures forever. Our merciful God remembers. How terrible would it be if we had a God that was a forgetful God? The lowest state refers to a condition of humiliation, maybe even subject to exile or subjection to a foreign yoke. Lowest state. The word redeem means rescued. It comes from the root word to break and occurs only here. God knows how to rescue his people. He rescued you, he rescued me. Hell in a handbasket, the road to destruction, and God rescued. Incredible. He gives food to all the flesh for his mercy endures forever. The human race has no monopoly on God's goodness and mercy. He cares for his creation. Every creature has its place in God's balance of nature. He provides for them all. He provides for the sparrow. He provides for us. He reveals his mercy and his care for you and for I, helping you to fight battles and defeat enemies. How many times have you been in a situation where you didn't know if you were going to make it through and you got down and you cried out, God, help me get through this, or maybe you didn't. But God has been with you all the way. Says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Good times, bad times. Israel was not always faithful to God, but that's where his mercy comes in. He is faithful to them. We too fail him along the way, but his mercy endures forever. It's everlasting, it's ongoing, it's eternal. 
He never leaves us. He's always faithful to us, even when we're not faithful to him. In verse 26, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. Go over with me to Psalm 115. One one five. There we go. Verse one. Now to us, O Lord, not to us. Not to us, O Lord, not to us. But to your name give glory. Because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Why should the nation say, Where now is their God? But our God is in heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who make them will become like them and everyone who trusts in them. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is there. Help help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. They are your help and their shield. The Lord is mindful of us. He will bless you. He will bless you, bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless all those who fear the Lord. The small together with the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May the Lord Blessed, of, may you be blessed of the Lord, maker again of heaven and earth. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth has given to the sons of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But as for us, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forever. Praise the Lord. So with all that being said, what does that look like for us in the New Testament? Yes, his mercy endures forever. And yes, we should understand that. And yes, we should appreciate that. And we should always be giving thanks. So what are some, let's just go to the practical side here. I got about eight minutes. Let's go to the practical side for a second. How does that play out? in the New Testament. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 6. When you're ready, say amen. 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 Okay, here we go. Verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words because... Of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Now, when you think about that for a second, don't let anyone deceive you. Personally, for me, I can, I'm my own worst enemy. This thing that rattles around between my ears up here, the marbles that don't sometimes land in the right sockets, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes they, don't, you know, sometimes they don't fall in the right hole. 
and they don't, the neurons don't make the right connections. Yeah, Joe. So don't even let yourself be deceived with empty words because of these things. The wrath of God comes because. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly of darkness, right? We were, we were all formerly of darkness in our B.C. days. So don't, don't, don't go there anymore. But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. I think it would be fair to say that... I need the other screen up there. His mercy endures forever would be the theme verse, right? If we're going to be as children of light, if we're going to walk in the light, if we're going to walk with the Lord, we have to, we have to really understand that his mercy endures forever. It, it goes together. Let me read on. Uh, verse 10, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is a disgrace even to speak of the things which you have done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Some of us are sitting in the pews and we're dead. We're sleeping. We're taking up space, they might say. And he's saying, Arise from the dead, and Christ will shine with you. Understand what God has for us, Understand that he is your Lord, your God. Therefore, verse 15, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. You have to be careful how we walk. The, the idea here is in a man in a uh, landmine. You have to walk very gently so you don't explode. But I was also thinking that you have to walk very gently in my backyard. Anybody got dogs? Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Sometimes you have to walk very gently in your backyard. Right? Making the most of your time because the days are evil. They will, uh, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's the will of the Lord. That's a whole nother study. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, always giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So I'm going to go back just for a second to something I'd said a long time ago or a long time ago, whenever it was. See what I'm saying? See, when you get old, what happens? The marbles don't line up. The marbles don't fall in the right holes, and you get a little sidetracked. But I think it's one of the things I think that I would like for you to try to take away from this, is that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you are, 
his mercy endures forever. If you can grab a hold of that concept, then it's a lot easier to understand forgiveness because he does forgive. He pours out compassion. And the other thing I would like for you to try to take away is transferring that passion or that mercy onto other people. I think a lot of times we try to hold on to that. Remember, as I said that a little earlier, we, we don't want to, we want to show mercy to other people. We want revenge. We want to get mad or we want to get even. I think it would be fair to say that if we could do that, our lives would be a little bit smoother. And the last thing I wanted to say was, in closing one more time, Shane, you can come up if you want to, is that, um, I, I forgot. No, no. See, marbles are not lining up. It's getting late. I really did forget this time. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. But God is so good. Amen, church? Amen. God is so good. He loves you. He's, he's poured his spirit out on each and every one of you. He's filled you with your Holy Spirit. He's given you salvation. Not that you deserved it. Not that I deserved it. But because we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior, he pours his grace and mercy out on us. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we come before you, I just want to thank you for everyone here tonight, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful that sometimes the marbles don't line up because that makes my dependence on you greater, Lord, for your mercy endures forever. I appreciate that, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you for everyone here tonight, Lord. I pray that if, that if there's anyone in this room tonight, Lord, or watching live stream, Lord, that doesn't have that personal relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they would accept you even now as we're closing, Lord. It's something really simple like, Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I need you to come into my life, Lord. I need you to clean me up. I want to accept that your mercy endures forever. I want to live forever with you, my Savior. I confess I am a sinner, Lord, and I need forgiveness. And I know the forgiveness comes through you. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for everyone again, Lord Jesus. I pray that for traveling mercies as we head home, Lord. I pray for comfort, for peace. I pray for healing wherever healing needs to be, Lord. Finances, Lord. I pray for the finances for those who are struggling. Pray for those who might need jobs, Lord Jesus, that you would provide the jobs for them. I pray for their health, Lord. No COVID, Lord. I pray that they would not even have a flu, Lord Jesus, that they would be uh, just healthy, Lord, for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for Shane, for Nathan, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the the team, Jared, back there, Lord, for all they're doing. And I just pray, Lord, that you would continually, continually, Lord, be on the forefront of our mind. Lord, we love you, and we want to give you the glory now, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.